let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity to pray tonight, to pray for individuals. Father, we're so grateful to be reminded that you are, uh, by your Spirit, working in the world, that you are bringing men, women, boys, girls to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we just um, consider it a privilege now to... um, think about these things, to look into your word, and we ask for your help, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to um, read uh, Pete Fleming's biography. Pete Fleming was one of the um, martyrs in Ecuador. His book, his story was written by his brother, Ken Fleming. Ken Fleming's at Emmaus. Has he ever been down here? Have you ever had Ken? You've had Ken Fleming here? Yeah, so, um, uh, I mean, there's lots of incredible things in that uh, that story. Uh, but you know that uh, Pete Fleming had a 17-page uh, prayer list. Uh, Ken still has it. He said that um, after... Uh, Pete was a long time in heaven. Sometimes he'd hear stories of people being saved in Ecuador. And he'd go to the list, look through Pete's list. And those names would be on there oftentimes. So uh, naming people before the throne of grace. It's a privilege to lift people up before the Lord, individuals. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, a well-known passage. But it verse twenty five, but at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundation of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be saved, you and your household. Um, It goes on to say that the whole household, uh, the Philippian jailer, was baptized. And um, and, and so we don't believe in household baptism. We don't think that's at all what the passage is teaching. Uh, What it's teaching is that when the gospel came into the jailer's life, it was such a change in his life that his family was saved, right? Dad was a leader. Uh, And and we even think tonight as we're here that uh, the Lord saves families. Yes, he saves individuals, but he works in in families. And so, uh, you know, we have the opportunity, I'm thankful for the opportunity to share how the Lord worked in, in my family, my uh, family were from Salmon Arm or from British Columbia, but my family was from Salmon Arm. It's a small town, four hours, five hours north of Vancouver. Uh, 
I think of my family, it goes back to, to really the day my mom and dad met. My mom and dad met in 1965. The, uh, the day they met, my dad had just got out of prison. Uh, he was uh, 20 years old and he'd uh, been in jail or in prison for a couple of years. And uh, he, uh, his family were from Vancouver. And so while their son was in prison, his mom and dad uh, were hopeful they could move to a small town and start a little business, buy a taxi business. And, um, and they were hopeful that, that um, when their son got out, that a change of environment, a small town, uh, would change him. Well, of course, we know that uh, leopard, the Bible says, can't change its spots. And, and that wasn't the story for my dad. Uh, they would say, uh, my mom would say that she fell in love with, with him the day she met him. Uh, they got married shortly thereafter, and uh, she would say that their marriage was a disaster. I mean, uh, everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Uh, eventually, they had four children, of whom I'm the oldest, and um, uh, my mom's uh, parents were upstanding farmers in the community and you know my mom oftentimes tried to divorce my dad and or leave him and and her dad uh, not a christian but uh, like i say respectable in the community would always send her back he's like dixie you made your bed you need to sleep in it you have to stay and and make it work and so uh in 1973 it was like i say as bad as it could be uh, my dad was working a province over, uh, driving a truck or had his own truck. Uh, my mom was trying to raise us four children basically on her own. And she got a little card in the mail for a little church that was meeting in a school just uh, four miles up the road. Now, she'd at times taken us to the Baptist Church in Salmon Arm, but it was a you know twenty mile drive, and so this little school, this little church, and the school is only four miles up the road. So she phoned the the contact name and got a sister named Mabel Wagler, and so she's trying to you know, understand what the the church is about, and and she doesn't really understand anything Mabel's saying, but she says, well, is it like the Baptist Church? And she's like, yeah, it's like the Baptist Church. So uh, uh, the next Sunday, my mom dropped. Uh, us four kids off and went to Sunday school and and um, and the Sunday school had these coins you know if you would bring a somebody with you you could you could get a coin uh, the next Sunday my dad was home from Alberta and and uh, um, mom and dad had a, a fight in the morning and and so my dad took myself and my youngest brother uh, with him to work on his truck and uh, my other brother invited my mom to go to church with him so that he could get a coin, not because he cared about her soul, but uh, he wanted one of those gospel coins. And uh, so my mom came in and uh, sat in the back and heard a message on baptism. She would say she understood nothing about what was said. Um, after the meeting was over, she knew one of the mothers from the back and uh, recognized her from, from hockey. And... Uh, this lady said to mom, How, how's things going, Dixie? She says, fine. Uh, and then she started crying. She said, actually, my life's a disaster. and I don't know what to do. And so the lady said, well, you know, you should talk to Harold, you know, the preacher. He's been a help in our marriage, and maybe he can help, help you guys. And so um, my mom uh, talked to Harold for a couple of hours after, after the um, 
after the service and uh, you know basically told Harold how bad of a person my dad was and how difficult it made things and you know sort of towards the end Harold said well Dixie where's it at with you and the Lord and she said well you know I believe God helps those who help themselves and uh, you know I mean it's a good saying or it's a catchy saying the problem of course is it's not true and, and Harold said you know Dixie that's not true God helps people who can't help themselves and so uh, Harold explained to my mom for the first time in her life the gospel. Uh, how Christ came into the world to save sinners and um, putting your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ could see you saved from your sin. She said, Harold, i gotta, I got to get out of here. And uh, her reason was that she wanted to trust Christ. And so she went out to the parking lot of the Carlin Elementary School and uh, in June of uh, 1973, she put her faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes we drive by there and uh, the school occasionally, we don't live near there now, but sometimes we drive by there and mom can still point to the place where she was sitting. There's the parking lot and that's where it happened. Uh, she came home that afternoon and um, and my dad thought she was on drugs. I mean, he couldn't think of peace or joy or whatever that might be apart from from you know illegal substances so uh anyways he went back to alberta and he got into some trouble and and later that same year uh november he uh attempted to rob a bank in turner valley alberta and uh got caught picked up and uh it was trying to come home actually and got picked up by the rcmp and Taken back to the Calgary Remand Center and uh, it's waiting, waiting trial. Uh, he phoned my mom and said, I'm going to go to jail. I did it, got caught, I'm guilty. And I don't want the responsibility being in prison with a wife and children, so I want you to divorce me. Uh, you know, my mom had been a Christian not even six months. And she said, well, you know, Bob, I love you. We love you and we're going to wait for you to get out. Uh, she sent him a Bible in prison. We should send him lots of tracts, but if he was here, and he's not, he's in heaven, uh, he would say he remembers the day when uh, they had a, a communal in the middle uh, and the mail would get opened. Everybody's mail would get opened and dumped out and a guard would go through and then put it into a container and slide it under the glass for you. And he remembers when the by his mom, the Bible she'd sent him was opened and dumped out and slid out under to him with all these tracts. Well, he says that he, uh, or he would say, or he, he did say that he went back to his uh, prison cell uh, in December of that same year and uh, laying in his bed one night reading his Bible, he got out of his bed, he got down on his knees and he trusted Christ. Uh, he was saved. Um, you know, he was sentenced to six years but uh, only served uh, 27 months, actually was baptized on a weekend pass. Uh, um, uh, and so my mom was saved. My dad was saved uh, six months later. Uh, like I say, served uh, 27 months, got out. And of course, when you're out early parole, uh, you have to, the psychologist interview you to see where you fit in. And um, and uh, psychologist said to my dad, Bob, what you have, we couldn't give you. And um, he, of course, knew that uh, prison doesn't rehabilitate people, right? I mean, that's the the problem. And uh, 
And so he wasn't rehabilitated. He was made new. And, and, um, and so when the gospel came into his life, he was given a, not a clean slate, a new slate, new life in Christ. And so he got out. And, and um, so that was the home that I was raised in. So it starts with my mom, then my, uh, my dad six months later, and then my grandmother a few months after that, 61 years of age, she was saved. And, uh, and it just went through... Uh, our our family. Uh, so when my dad came home, you know, I would be uh, ten years old, and uh, he was, uh, to say the least, zealous. He was uh, strict as a, a father, but he was zealous for the for the things of God. You know, he tried a lot of different things in life, and so when uh, he was on, uh, he was he was really on. So uh, we're going to the assembly. It turns out it was a little assembly. We didn't know that, but uh, that's what it was in the school and. And so we're involved in that. Um, you know, I'm saved sometime. I, I want to say sometime around when I'm 10 and come back to that because that's sort of important in my life. And so saved sometime around when I was 10, uh, baptized, you know, with my grandmother in the lake in Shushwap Lake and just outside of Salmon Arm. And, and so the Lord really came into our life and, and, uh, did a wonderful work, uh, when I was 16, we moved from that town to uh, Abbotsford, which was a city outside of Vancouver. Uh, new school, new friends. Uh, met a young guy who was uh, pretty popular, uh, pretty cool. Uh, not a Christian, and not not just not a Christian, but um, pretty ungodly. And so. Um, he led me into all sorts of things. Uh, we were uh, doing lots of things that, 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 hey, nobody knew about. Certainly my parents didn't know what I was up to. And so it's sort of this, this, um, this double life, you know, going on, be it the assembly, uh, you know, through the week or on Sunday and midweek and, and then the rest of the time doing things that I shouldn't have been doing. And, um, uh, get out of school and, uh, when I'm 19, uh, run away from home and uh, start uh, living, uh, living in sin with that kid, with that young guy's sister, and so um, that was really uh, uh, difficult for my parents. Uh, it was a real tragedy for my mom. I remember my mom spending lots of time, lots of times crying. Uh, not knowing what to do, you know, uh, she believed I was a Christian, this girl wasn't, you know, marriage isn't, you know, uh, that doesn't necessarily work, and so uh, uh, that girl and I lived like that for three years uh, at a certain point, uh, you know, we, we got married, and, and uh, by that time, my mom and, and dad were okay with that, but still, uh, and it's still, it's Cindy, if you just to be clear, it is Cindy, it's not another girl. Uh, and, uh, you know, in fairness, Cindy wasn't like her brother. Her brother was a, a handful to say the least, but, uh, Cindy wasn't like her brother. And so, uh, we had three kids, three, three girls, uh, together. I'm a Christian. I would, I remember at times saying to Cindy, and Chris, Cindy's, uh, responsible. She's staying home with the kids. I'm living, you know, however I want to live leaving her at home lots of times to go out. I remember um, saying to her in bed, hey, Cindy, if the Lord comes back, you're going to be left behind. 
She says, are you going to be in heaven? I'm like, yeah. She says, listen, if you're going to be there, I'll be there for sure. And uh, her idea was that, hey, I'm a, if, if you're getting there, I'll be there for sure because I'm a, I'm a better person. And, um, and so uh, we come to this point in our life when uh, Cindy wants to start seeing our girls. Uh, my mom had been taking our girls to, to the Sunday school at the assembly, but uh, you know they would come home and uh, ask Cindy questions about the Bible, and Cindy didn't know anything. I mean, she'd tell the story in her testimony that um, the, son, uh, the, the, the assembly was teaching John 3.16, and uh, Cindy ended up in First John 3. And she's like, hey, this is not what they're teaching. Something's going on here. This isn't right. And, uh, and she would never, she was pretty stubborn uh, uh, back then. She's still stubborn, but she was pretty stubborn back then. Uh, she would never ask me, and, and of course, rightfully so. But um, anyway, so Cindy, when she was uh, maybe 29, decided she wanted to start going to, to church. And so, uh, as a family, we started going to church. We actually went to uh, the assembly in in Abbotsford the first Sunday, and uh, it was a gospel hall, uh, the Abbotsford Gospel Hall, Parkview Gospel Hall, and a brother was preaching there. And uh, I remember, you know, I remember sitting there, and you know, when he would be panning the crowd, when he come over to our side, he would be speaking right at Cindy. And she said, uh, after, she said, you know, that was uncomfortable. I felt he was speaking right at me. And I'm like, well, actually, he was speaking right at you. I mean, he's, and, 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 you know, they had earned the right, I think. They'd prayed for our family for, for years, those brothers and sisters. And so she's really hoping Cindy would trust Christ. But we didn't stay there. We started going to a little Baptist church. And, um, and we went there for about a year and, uh, you know, sit under the preaching of the word and, uh, the church, you know, I they were aware that I was a Christian and uh, Cindy wasn't, so they were praying for her. And it's interesting, uh, you know, I would be out doing all sorts of stuff, whatever I wanted at, you know, on a Friday night, a Saturday night, and, and of course had all the right lingo. And so they thought I was a Christian and they're praying for Cindy that she would get saved. Well, I remember sitting in church one Sunday morning and uh, the preacher says something and I saw Cindy nod. I thought to myself, I've never seen her acknowledge anything like that before. That Sunday on the Monday night, on the Monday night, um, I'm going out with with my friends, and when I say goodbye to Cindy, she's in the bed, and so I'm leaving, and as I'm speaking to her, I think, something's different. I said, something's different with you, isn't it? She goes, yeah. I said, did you get saved? She said, yeah, I did. I said, why didn't you um, tell me? She said, uh, I'm not telling anybody. Uh, well, you know, the Lord used uh, that in our life uh, to, to restore me. I, I would say that, uh, you know, Cindy was saved that Thursday. I was restored to the Lord the next week. Now, I want to be clear that, that um, I had worked through this, you know, in my mind. It took me a period of time. You know, because uh, I had to see if if really my restoration was actually conversion. You know, and um, uh, you know there'd be lots of preachers that would say that 
you know, how I was living, there's no way I could be saved. And so I'm wrestling with this, you know, because uh, Cindy wants to get baptized and, and maybe I need to get baptized. You know, maybe my restoration that day was actually conversion. And so maybe I need to get baptized too. So I'm wrestling through this. My mom is helping me and she'd phone me and say, Rob, I just uh, found a Bible from when you were young and you were saved when you were 10. And I'm like, okay, good. I was saved when I was 10. And then she'd get another Bible. You were saved when you were 11. And I'm like, okay, I was saved when I was 11. And she had another Bible. You're saved when you were 12. And I'm like, man, I was getting saved all the time when I was little. But, um, you know, where it really changed is uh, Cindy was reading this book by Harry Ironside called Sailing with Paul. And um, he made the statement, it's not the where and the when. Now, if you have that, praise God for that. Uh, my mom has that. She knows where and she knows when. But uh, Harry Ironside says it's the who and the how. Who saves, how does he do it? I'm like, yeah, I, I know that, um, you know, sometime back when I was a boy, uh, I was aware of sin. I was convicted of sin in my life, and I cried out to the Lord to save me. Now, uh, I got away from the Lord, so I'm a firm, uh, firm believer in, hey, that, hey, Christians can get out of fellowship with the Lord. You know, Henry Moorehouse, um, you know, in the story of the prodigal son, uh, he asked the question, when did the prodigal son become the prodigal? When he was in the far off land? He says, no, when he was in the father's house. Right? He was, he was in the father's house when he became the prodigal. And so uh, his point is that um, you could be prodigal where you're seated tonight. He said, hey, you could be prodigal standing right here. Right? The Lord's interested in our heart. And so I got away from the Lord. Uh, and for a long time, that was, uh, Cindy was saved when I was 32. Or I was restored to the Lord when I was 32. Uh, uh, she's saved when she was 30. And so uh, the Lord uh, did a, not just a work of conversion uh, in our family, but a work of restoration in my own life. And so restored to the Lord when I was 32. Um, uh, we were still going to the Little Baptist Church. Uh, and then Cindy, as I said, wanted to be baptized. We're working through this. And so uh, we started going to the little assembly in uh, Mission, British Columbia. Uh, my parents were uh, going there, so we joined them where they were uh, fellowshipping. And after a couple of years uh, working with the saints there, they commended us to Christian ministry or committed me to Christian uh, ministry and um, and to gospel work. Uh, we're, we're thankful for all of the... Uh, opportunities we had after uh, a few years, a couple of years after that, we moved to Hunter Mile House, British Columbia. And um, the first uh, native boy, we worked with the native community, and the first native boy we saw saved uh, became our son-in-law. He married our oldest daughter. And so we have a, uh, one daughter uh, at home that's married, and they have a family of three kids. Uh, they're going on well for the Lord. We're very thankful for that. Dion is um, doing well spiritually. We're grateful uh, before the Lord for that. Actually, you know, as you think about praying, uh, Dion and I are, uh, Lord willing, going to go at the end of the month of January, 
or at the end of this month to uh, the last week of this month to Moose Factory. Have you ever heard of Moose Factory? It's um, it's on the Hudson's Bay. It's a long ways up there, uh, and it's a native community, and uh, they have a gospel series every year. Uh, it's a completely native village, and so we're going to have the opportunity before the Lord to go uh, and and preach the gospel together. So I'm looking forward to that, um, and so we're grateful what the Lord has done in our life. Um, we haven't been uh, very able or faithful stewards of what the Lord has given us and disappointed about that, have wasted a lot of my life, um, disappointed about that, uh, but grateful that, you know, that the Lord can um, still bring fruit out of a wasted life. You know, I remember listening to Boyd Nicholson some years back as he talked about restoration and he uses the story of Gehazi. You remember that uh, Gehazi is standing before the king, and the king says, um, hey, tell us something about uh, what uh, Elijah did and uh, some of his great works. And um, and so Gehazi says, well, you know, there was um, uh, uh, a situation where a widow, her son died, and uh, Elisha was able to bring the son back to life. And... Uh, and then it turns out that the woman walks in at that exact moment. In fact, he says, well, this is her here. And uh, I mean, the timing of the Lord and all that, uh, incredible. But he says, this is her here. And, and you remember, she'd been gone for, for seven years. And, uh, and so the king, uh, and Boyd's point was the king not only gives her her land back, but you remember what he says. And he says, give her all the fruit thereof for that seven years she was gone. And so uh, the Lord is able to do that. Uh, and so we're grateful uh, to what the Lord has done uh, in our life. And, um, you know, uh, it started with my mom in Acts chapter 16, a whole household saved uh, the last time we counted in our family. It's more than 30 that the Lord has saved. Uh, it started the day my mom was converted. I mean, I know that's that's nothing. I have a friend uh, back at home and and he was the first person saved in his family, and uh, he was saved traveling. They were, the assembly would pick him up and bring him to Sunday school every Sunday. And he said there's over a 100 saved uh, in his family from the day. And so the Lord saves uh, individuals, but he saves families. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for, um, for salvation. Thank you for uh, Christian fellowship. Thank you for uh, what you do in our lives, what you're uh, doing in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing in the lives of others. We would ask that um, you would help us to be sensitive to the lives we come into contact with, uh, that we would be able to join together in what you're doing and uh, could be effective in our our service as we work alongside the Lord Jesus. Uh, We thank you for the privilege to be able to work with the Son of God and what he's doing in the lives of people. Thank you for the assembly here, for each one, for each family represented. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.